Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. Um, first of all, I want to thank you guys um, for praying for me over the last month um, while I've been home with my family. Um, my dad was in hospital for over 10 days. He had um, two large blood clots, one in each lung. Um, we almost lost him a couple of times, but um, thank you, Lord. Um, he's doing really well. He's back home now. Um, so I just want to thank you guys so much for your prayers and just for upholding me and the family um, during that time. Um, I really felt covered um, and loved and seen and known, even though I wasn't here. So uh, thank you for that. Um, do you want to greet the people online this morning, especially Pat and um, Jane? You know, you guys are mighty warriors, and I know that you can't be down here all the time. Um, but when you can, it's great to see you. Uh, so that's awesome. Um, I've never used this little clicker thing before. Oh, there we go. There we go. We've got it, got it started. So what we're looking for today is um, what does living fully for Christ look like, and I know that today I'm just going to touch on some of those things of what it looks like to fully try and live for Christ, but it's a good starting point, I think, for us. Uh, the last eight months, we've been going through the book of Acts. We're in August, the eighth month, so we're, we're cranking through a chapter a month. Yay for us. We're doing pretty well, um, and we've been learning about the newly formed church and how Christ um, had become the Messiah to them and they had known him and they were starting to speak the gospel in Jerusalem. And then it came to the point where the apostles were scattered and they were moving out into different places. And today we're going to pick up where uh, the gospel was spread into Samaria by Philip. And uh, ultimately, how has that gospel gone from Jerusalem to Samaria, to Judea, to the ends of the earth here for us today? Um, so we're looking at Acts um, Chapter 8, verse 4 to 8. So if you guys do have your Bibles, um, feel free to look it up. Um, but I've, I've put it up here as well. So um, this chapter is about uh, Philip in, in Samaria. Those who'd been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed... They all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. That's a cool little piece of scripture right there. There's a lot packed into just four small verses of um, showing us a part of the way that we can fully live for Christ today. Um, just to go back and give a little bit of context, the Philip that we're talking about here, we heard about him in Acts chapter 6. And he was one of the seven men that the apostles appointed to look after the widows. And you think, oh, that wouldn't be a very exciting job, would it? Because all of these guys, they were, they were of good repute. They were full of the Spirit, full of the Spirit and wisdom. So why weren't they out preaching? Why weren't they out teaching? Why weren't they out ministering? Because the elders and the, and the apostles of the day saw a need and they said, we need, that, we need that fulfilled. Our job right now is to preach the gospel and to do this and to do that. And so they appointed seven men. Not just seven men, but probably seven top men. 
And these guys were obedient. They got in there and they served exactly where they were needed. And I'm thinking, you know, seven men, there must have been quite a lot of widows. There must have been quite a lot of women who were there and children also. Because in the society, how it was, was the man was the one who provided and the woman, you know, were bearing the children and raising the children. So when you didn't have a man in your household, then where were you getting finances? Where were you getting support? And so these guys were diligent and they actually set up great, great, great systems. Um, there were women who needed um, daily food or daily care and there were others who needed weekly um, feeding and caring for. And so they set up systems where guys would go out or people would go out and they would go to others who had food, brought it to those who did not have food. And I just, for me, I just, uh, it intrigues me that even though they were wise, they were of good repute, they were full of the spirit, they served exactly where they were needed at this time. And God's kingdom has expanded. These women and children, it just it goes to show me, for me, that, that God loves women and children so much that he also decided to you know, provide for them. And these men took up that and went for it. And I think it's a great example for us to follow today that even though when we're chasing down our own destinies, we're chasing down our own giftings, you know, we're feeling the urgency to, to do the big things for God and our future, um, that today, how are we serving him today? What are the little things that we can do to serve? I mean, we've got plenty of opportunities here at church if anyone is looking for something to do. <laughs> um, even if you're not, it would be really great. <laughs> um, that we would just go after those things, that we would just serve God wherever he needs us right now. Um, and it, it may be taking up something that you've never done before. Maybe you've never done sound before, or uh, maybe you've never worked with children's ministry before, or you've never been on the worship team, but you actually do worship, and you do play a guitar, and you do play drums, and you've just been sitting back not doing anything. You know, come on, step up and, and go for it. It might be once a month that you can serve in that in particular position, just like these guys. They served where the Lord asked them to serve in that moment. It's pretty thought-provoking, I think. Um, it is for me anyway, um, and challenging for me to look at the little ways that I can serve him. Um, I remember last year at um, one of the ladies' group that um, I'm involved in during the week, uh, there was a need, and um, one of the ladies needed to move house. Uh, and each person in our home group helped, and most of our, uh, I would say, the average age of the home, the home group is mm, 60, 70 years of age. But um, it was great. Some went to the grocery stores and got boxes, some um, raised money and hired a moving truck. Uh, some came and packed and stacked the boxes ready for the moving men. Um, some who weren't physically able made snacks and um, came and just brought laughter and fun and encouragement and chaos to the day. <laughs> but each person did what they could do. And we had such an incredible time. And we saw, we saw um, this, this person be able to move into their house um, and it wouldn't have been able to be done by themselves. And so I just love how, how we can serve others and we can, we can step into those things. Um, going back to this here, it talks about being scattered and preach the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many were paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. So when we read these verses, um, and we think about 
fully living for Christ and what that looks like. There's five things that we can get started on in that journey. Um, the first one is preaching the word. Preaching the word, sharing Jesus, performing signs, doing deliverance and healing the sick. Is this something that we're already doing? How many people are already doing that? Okay, a couple. <laughs> awesome. How many people really want to do it? A few more. Awesome. <laughs> I'm hoping it's everybody because this is part of who we are. If we're following Christ, this is the characteristic of who he is. If we're growing in his image, if we're chasing him down, if we're learning to become like him, then these are the things that he has done. And he, he, he says you can do it too. We don't have to be afraid of these things. Um, preaching the word. We can't share what we don't know. We can't share what we don't know. If we don't know the word, we can't share it. I love it that the, the Lord says that the word never comes back void. If I speak the, wo- the word out, it will come, it will manifest, it will be there, it will, it will do something. If I'm praying for somebody and I'm using the word of God, it will happen. It will happen. It can't not happen. Last year, we read through the Bible um, as the body of Christ. I thought that was really great. It really challenged me to go deep and go hard every day. Some days it was a real struggle to try and um, to get into the Word. Sometimes I had to catch up with two or three days' worth on the weekend. <laughs> um, but I, I really felt that the Lord was saying to me, get into the Word, Denise, get into the Word. So that was last year. How has the first eight months of this year gone Individually, what have we picked up from last year? Have we actually started to have our own devotions, have our own daily word reading? How have we taken up the battle in, in that way? Um, reading the work's really important because we need to know what is acceptable to God, what's permissible, and what's not. There's lots of theology out there right now. There's a lot of grace stuff going on. Hey, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. But, you know, as I read the word, I'm thinking, oh, I don't think that's correct, you know. You might not agree with me, but tell me in the Word where that is. Have you read the Word? Have you gone deep into the Word? Or are you just listening to man's voice and letting the tickle of things happen because it helps us to, to feel good about what we're doing or what, what being, we're being involved in? You know, the Word should be a mirror of what people see in us. When they look at us, they should see Christ in us. They should see that, that mirror image of Him and His Word and the way that He is, not ourself, not who we are. Not our, not our own truth. Um, uh, I love the fact that God is daily calling us to step into growing in him and maturing in him and seeing the full image of Christ developed inside each one of us. And it can become pretty blasé. We can, we can get, you know, tired. Uh, you know, life is busy and it's super fast and accelerated right now. I'm sure all of you can nod your heads at that and go, I don't even know where I am half the time or what God's asking me to do half the time or what should I be focusing on? But I find that the word is, is a place where it gives me a great solid foundation. That when I'm feeling wobbly, when I'm feeling a bit sort of overwhelmed with what, what's happening in life and the chaos that's going on around, the word grounds me and I can stand on that found, firm foundation and I can go, you know, Christ is real. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He turns bad things to good, you know, because the word says so. I can stand on that and I can have that foundation. So by reading the word and developing the word and memorizing the word, that just builds the super foundation for me to stand on and I'm not going to be knocked around a lot when the chaos of the world comes at me, when family issues come at me, with things that come at me, I can sort of stand. And I might be a bit wobbly, but I've got a firm foundation to hold me steady in that place. 
Um, the second point up there uh, that we can see for in um, living fully for Christ is sharing Jesus or proclaiming the Messiah. Um, in this day and age, it can be really hard for us to find ways to share Christ openly. Um, I can say God bless you to somebody, and I don't get pretty. I don't get a lot of reaction. I might go. People might smile or something if I say Jesus bless you. Whoo! <laughs> we can get a few things coming out right there. Um, <laughs> but that's because Jesus' name is so powerful, and it reminds me when I say His name and there's a reaction. I'm like, wow. There is power in the name of Jesus. Jesus is real. It just, it, you know, sometimes I do it just to, to, to get the reaction so I can go, yeah, you are. You're right here, Lord. You, you're stirring something up right here. Um, you know, when was the last time we shared Jesus with somebody? Have we ever shared Jesus with somebody? I, I, I know it's crazy. I've been a missionary for 25 years and I had probably in the first year only shared the gospel maybe eight or nine times with people, individuals, not in front of large groups. And I was like, Lord, I felt like such a failure. You know, here the church, you guys were supporting me to be out there as an evangelist. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, <laughs> I'm only sharing the, the gospel with eight people or nine people, not in the big crowds. I didn't know how the response was in the big crowds. But my heart was like, Lord... I want to know you so much that I can share you. I remember when I first became a Christian, I had no understanding of Jesus except that he was a swear word. That was it. I had no uh, background in my family. I had no uh, Christian friends. I didn't know what was going on. But when I came to know Jesus, I wanted to tell everybody, everybody, everything. I didn't even know what I was telling them. I was just saying, Jesus is real. Do you want to meet him? I met him last week. This is, I don't, how do you meet him? I don't know, but you, you just do. You know, He just comes. He's just there. And I want to get back to that first love so that I would be so willing to share the gospel with people again because I've seen how much it's changed my life. And if it's changed your life and it's given you steadfastness, if it's given you hope, if it's given you eternity, why are you not willing to share it with somebody else? Why are we not willing to share it with somebody else? Do we fear rejection? I know I do. Mockery? Slander? Loss of reputation? Loss of friends and maybe even family? Because we speak the name of Jesus. You know, are we willing to take that cost? And if not, why not? Because is Jesus really first in our life? And if he is, and if we're living for him, and we're going fully for him, then this should be just normal for us. It should be easy for us to share the gospel and not worry about those things, that those things uh, will just fall to the ground because Jesus is so much more important to us. The third point we can see up there too is um, in living fully for Christ is performing signs. <laughs> We read about it in Scripture um, all the time, signs and wonders and miracles in both the Old and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you know, the parting of the seas and the wall of Jericho coming down and manna in the desert. You know, here's all these signs that God is real. Um, the New Testament is also so full of so many different signs, people being healed, people being um, delivered from um, de demonic uh, situations and people raised from the dead. 
But I think one thing is we need to pray and remind ourselves too is to get our priority right in this. I think sometimes we go after the signs and the wonders and the miracles. It's like the Pharisees, show me Jesus. Come down off the cross and show me that you're real. Show me, show me, show me. But did anything change in their heart? Nothing changed in the person's heart. It was about a sign. And we need to pray that people won't be attracted by the miracles of God, but that people will be attracted to the God of miracles. Let me say that again. People won't be attracted by the miracles of God, but people will be attracted to the God of miracles. Verse 6 says, when, when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. They saw him do something, and then they're like, what are you talking about? Oh, you're talking about Jesus. Jesus did that? Oh, okay, I want to know Jesus. So signs and wonders, they aren't meant to be the focus, but they're meant to be used so that we can draw people to Christ. We can prophesy over somebody and people go, wow, that's amazing. How did you know that? If you don't tell them it's through Jesus, they'll think that you're a psychic or a witch. Who's getting the glory there? I often get that. People go, how do you know that? Are you doing some hoogie-joogie thing? I'm like, hoogie-joogie? I don't know what that is. But no, I'm just hanging out with Jesus. I don't know you from a bar of soap, but he knows you so well. And he wants to let you know how much he loves you and cares for you. So when we see the signs and the wonders and we do these things, we need to be able to, to bring that in to the gospel, bring that back to, to the glory of Christ. Yeah. We want um, the signs to prove that God is real instead of knowing God is real and that he is going to do things despite anything else. Yeah, how do we know that God is real? I don't know. No, I'm kidding. We seek him. <laughs> we seek him and find him. How do I know that um, my best friend is involved in um, doing stuff uh, through ballet? Well, I know because I spend time with them. I get to know them. I hear them. And that's the same for us. Getting to know God, we need to seek him. We need to spend time with him. You, you don't know your spouse unless you, and you uh, spend time with them and talk deeply with them. It's time for us to be shifting from being self-focused and moving up into being God-focused. Uh, Philip, he matured to a point where it didn't matter what was going on in his life. It wasn't about him anymore. It was about his needs. It, was about, it wasn't about his needs. It wasn't about his wants. It wasn't about his dreams or his desires. And for us to lay all those down, that's pretty hard. Because sometimes, you know, we're like, but God, I, I want to do these things for you. I want to step these things out for you. And uh, I love it that, that Philip knew the Holy Spirit so well. He was full of the Holy Spirit. I'm thinking the word says he's full of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, what does that look like to be full of the Holy Spirit? I sort of feel like I've got this much, you know. I want to be full. I want to chase him down. I want to have him inside of me. Um, the Holy Spirit comes into those places where we, where we surrender. The more I'm surrendering myself to him, the more I feel Holy Spirit coming in. I hear him more. I see him more. I experience him more. 
And so maybe there's places that we need to, um, to step into where we're going to surrender more to him, open ourselves up to him and hear him and let him work in us and through us. The fourth area in the verse above is um, deliverance. And I think deliverance gets a bit of a bad rap. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but when people go deliverance, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, it's people thrashing around and screaming and, you know, going a little bit ballistic. And yes, they can. But it's not the person. It's not the person. The Lord says it's not flesh and blood, it's principalities and powers. You know, it's, it's what has been bound. And I think the enemy has made, the deli- made deliverance into something that should be feared or avoided. Um, because we might be embarrassed or ashamed if all of a sudden, you know, we're screaming and yelling and something comes out of us. What will people think of me? You know, I'm, I'm held in, in high, high esteem and now all of a sudden I'm lying on the ground and I'm screaming. Am I embarrassed or ashamed, you know? But deliverance is not about that. Deliverance is about freedom. Why do people need deliverance? Why do we need deliverance? Because we're bound. We're held in a kingdom that's not the right kingdom. We've got an enemy that's holding us into a place where we cannot experience who God is to the fullest he wants to be in us. So deliverance is about freedom. And that's the one thing that Satan doesn't want us to have because he loses control over us and he loses control over the territories and places that he is already in this world going crazy over. He controls our lives and our destinies. I get mad, a little bit mad at the, a little bit. I get quite mad at the enemy. But when we read stories in the Bible, you know, the, the uh, demonic, um, is it Ger- uh, Gerasenes? I never get it right. The, the dude that has a thousand demons, you know, legion. When I read that story, I'm like, man, I feel so sorry for him. There's so much stuff that's in control. He couldn't control him, his, his, his own self. He was not in control of himself. He was not able to, to live in society. He was not able to be the full person God created him to be. Jesus steps in and in one moment, that man is set free. Kaboom. He's like, can I follow you? Can I follow you? Jesus says, no, you go and tell people about me and what I did for you. And that's what he did. He went to 10 cities and he shared. People knew who he was. They had heard about him. They'd probably seen him. People probably going, you know, what happened to this guy? Boom, full freedom. And he went and he shared the Christ that he knew from that one moment of being set free. And he spent his life sharing and bringing 10 cities into relationship with the Lord. That's what it's about. That's what deliverance is about. You know, we're praying for our friends. We're praying, praying for our families to be broken of addictions, to be broken of lifestyles. These are the things that the Lord is, um, is wanting us to do through deliverance. But to set others free, we need to be free ourselves first. Because otherwise the enemy will have a go at you. If you try and pray for somebody for deliverance of anger and you're angry, that enemy is going to go, oh, <laughs> you can't cast me out. You're in, I'm in you as well. And so I love the fact that we have an opportunity to be set free ourselves. The last area we see today in this um, verse for living fully for Christ is healing the sick. Um, getting the sick, healed, the sick healed is not the hard part. The hard part is taking the risk. And I know that because I, I always get so scared about praying for people for healing and it might not happen. I don't know what to do with that. It gets me a little bit worried. It's not about the outcome. Remember, it's about the risk. 
He is our God and he is full. It's God, Jesus is the healer, not I, not you. Jesus is the healer. It's his place to heal, not ours. We're just a vessel he's using. And if we're just loving people and stepping out and hugging people and, excuse me, wanting to see, to see people free, that's our role. You know, it's time for us to, to become, to go all out for Christ and, and um, to chase Jesus in such a, a, a deeper way. You know, life is messy right now and we don't have much time to muck around anymore. You know, Philip wasn't worried about the calamity. He wasn't worried about persecution. He wasn't worried about tomorrow because he was full of the Spirit. He wasn't worried about anything other than sharing Christ with others. And that's the place I feel that we need to get to. Christ in us that we can share with others. We need Holy Spirit. Not just hearing about him. Not just experiencing him every now and then, but him inside of us that we can host him. And I believe there's one major key for the Holy Spirit to come um, and to move in us and through us, and that's repentance. The first key for us is to repent. You know, I'm doing it daily. At nighttime, I'm asking the Lord, hey, is there any wicked way in me, Holy Spirit? Any wicked way, show me. Open that door for me. When the Holy Spirit comes, we manifest. It's not the Holy Spirit manifesting, but we manifest in response or a reaction to the Holy Spirit turning up. And I think that's a key for us to remember. Sometimes, you know, when the glory shows up, when the Holy Spirit turns up, it'll be through deliverance, like we just talked about. We've allowed the enemy to use us as a playground for too long. It's time for us to get clean before the Lord. It's time for us to have self-deliverance. You can do self-deliverance. I do it quite often. You know, all of a sudden I say something to somebody or I, or I do something um, that's, that, that is just not appropriate because I've been angry with somebody or frustrated. I'm constantly having to ask the Lord to cut that thing out of me and to remove that thing from me. As I said, you know, with deliverance, sometimes you can feel embarrassed for a moment. I've had, I've had public um, deliverances before, and boy, you feel embarrassed for a moment, but the freedom that comes afterward is just so amazing. And to tell you the truth, you know, I've been in uh, deliverance ministry for a while, and I've seen lots of stuff. The next moment, um, I don't see, I don't remember any of that stuff. All I see is a person who's free and whole. And I think that's the thing, that we've got, to, we've got to not let the enemy stop us if when the glory shows up, we start to scream and we start to yell and we start to be delivered of stuff. If you're going to come out free on the other side, does it matter what happens in a moment when you can have a lifetime of freedom from something that's been binding you for years and years and years? We've got to make that choice. You know, sometimes when Holy Spirit turns up, there's laughter. And that's another form of victory and freedom. Um, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So it can be, when people are laughing, it can be um, a healing thing. Somebody's being healed from stuff um, and strengthened by the Lord. Sometimes there's weeping or wailing. Um, I'm a bit of a weeper. <laughs> 
can be a sign of repentance. It can be a sign of a healing taking place. And it can be Jesus standing in front of you. Often when Jesus comes into the room, I start to cry. Just the fact that he's coming and standing right here, I'm like, whoa, I can't believe it. There's, there's so many ways that Holy Spirit shows up. We can be worried about what people think more than him. It's just time for us to yield. A time for us to choose to be conformed by God and transformed. Yeah, Amanda, can you come up? So do you want to preach the word wherever you go? Do you want to proclaim the Messiah? Do you want to perform signs so that people will pay close attention to Jesus and the gospel? Do you want to see impure spirits come out of people? See the paralyzed and lame healed? Do you want to see joy arise in Christchurch and our nation? If so, then today is a great opportunity to step up and to see what God will do. I feel like this morning that, that, you know, our worship time this morning, Holy Spirit was here. He's here. He's wanted to meet with each one of us individually and to offer us a fresh new relationship with Him this morning. Some of us are feeling stale. Some of us are feeling beaten down, worn out, tired of the journey, even chasing God down. It's just too much. You know, if that's you this morning, I, I just invite you to come up and spend some time just by yourself with Holy Spirit. But it's your choice. You can choose to come and hang out with Him or not to. You know, Father God's a real, He's a real gentleman. He won't go where He's not wanted, where He's not invited. So this morning, if you feel that um, you're getting a bit of a prompt from God, maybe it's a conviction and you need to come and to the altar and surrender some things. Maybe you desire and need to get into God's Word more, to pray more, to build relationship with Him to a deeper level. Maybe you need boldness to share the gospel with your friends and with your family, to break off rejection, to break off those fears. Or maybe you just want to learn to partner with the Holy Spirit in regards to healing and deliverance. Maybe you need some self-deliverance this morning. You want to come and repent and bring these things before the Lord. I just want to invite you, if you feel like that, to come out here this morning and just hang out with the Lord up here. Take a step of faith, step forward with Him. Just spend some time in His heart. You may laugh, you may cry, you may lie on the floor, you may weep, you may yell. It's all good. It's all good. We're just responding to what's going on and how the Lord is just dealing with the stuff in our hearts. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus into your life. And that's something that you want to do this morning. Feel free to come up and just grab hold of me and we'll talk to God together.
yeah, so take, take all the time you need, people. Come on up and just spend some time with the Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we come to you this morning. We want to start with repentance, Lord. We're just going to hand over things to you. Holy Spirit, convict our heart and show us if there's any wicked way in us. That we would have clean hands and a pure heart before you. things down before you, Father. We surrender to you today. We need more of you. More of you. More of you. We need to know you. Desire you more than anything else. Lord, we lay down our idols before you right now. Those things that we've held up above you.
us afresh this morning. Holy Spirit, breathe in us. Burn away all of the things that need to be gone right now. Everything needs to go, Lord. Anything that's blocking you needs to go. Burn it up. Burn it up. Burn up the dry wood. We need your flames to come and to burn these things away. We need boldness, Holy Spirit. Boldness to speak. To speak about Jesus. To pray for people. To see them set free. To come into relationship with you. Show us the areas where we're bound and we're not free, Lord. Break us open. Break us open.